How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? It's a pretty simple question, but not one that we ever really ask ourselves. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough podcast. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Brennan Kamarasamy. Brennan is the founder of Master Talk, a YouTube channel dedicated to helping everyone master the art of communication and public speaking. He gives out some free and easy lessons that literally anyone can do in just one minute. And I will go as far as to challenge everyone listening to just try one of the things he teaches us a single time. Just once. We can do that, right? Let's better our communications and our lives. Welcome to the show, Brennan Kumarasamy. Colton, the pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being on the show. Why don't you introduce yourself for the audience? For sure. So my name's Brennan. I'm the founder of Master Talk. Master Talk is a YouTube channel I started a few years ago to help people master the art of communication, public speaking. And how I got started was when I was in college, Colton, went to business school, did these things called case competitions. Think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So other guys my age were playing rugby or basketball. I was doing presentations competitively. That's how I learned how to speak. Then I started coaching a lot of the students, almost accidentally, actually. And that's what led to Master Talking what it is today. Yeah, I did not know there was competitive presentations. Yeah, it's a very niche community. It's only for business students. That's why a lot of people don't really hear about them. It's kind of like a sports draft but for people who want to get good jobs in business. Yeah, oh, interesting. So is it like, is there like an individual division and then like a group presentation group? You got it. You're actually, you're actually on the right track there. So it's mostly group, but the disciplines change. So I'll give you an example. Let's say we go to a competition. There's literally 50 of us that go to the competition. And three of them are, let's say, on the digital strategy team. The other team is on international business. The other one is on sports. The other one is on digital and all that stuff. But, the, but it's all team-based mostly. Interesting. Yeah, that's that's really like I have not heard of that. So that that takes me off guard. I like it though. And to be honest, I had no idea what it was either. So what happened was I got to business school, Colton, and I only had one thought in my mind, which is how do I get a job in accounting? Which is a really boring thing to say. Like I wasn't I wasn't going like how do I change the world? How do I create YouTube videos? I never wanted to be a business owner. So I had this oversized prom suit on because I couldn't afford anything better. My parents were factory workers. And I would go to these cocktails in the business world. And I would talk to, I was 19 at the time, so I talked to these 21, 22-year-old kids who had landed jobs in the companies I wanted to work at. So I started asking them, Colton, like, how did you get this job? And they all said, case competitions. And I looked at them and I was super confused, like many of us are, like, what's a case competition? So they explained it to me and they said, well, executives sponsor these competitions, Brendan. So if you do really well and they like you, they'll give you a job. And I said, oh, that's how I, that's how I got started. Yeah, strange. So you had to learn kind of a lot of presentation tricks pretty fast because I assume you weren't like, you know, really practicing that going through high school. Not at all. I mean, let's let's emphasize that even more. I sucked at communication most of my life. And the reason, Colton, 
was because I was born and raised. I'm still, I still live there. I live in Montreal, which is a city where you need to learn to speak French. A city I did not know. A language I did not know, rather. So not only did I struggle with communication, I was presenting in a language I didn't even know. So that's one problem. And then the other piece is you'd think that a communication expert studied communication. Yeah, I got a bachelor's degree in accounting. Right, so I wasn't really the poster child for this, but I guess it landed on my lap and things worked out. But you did get your accounting degree, huh? I did. I did, actually. I don't know how, but I, I have it. Yeah, so did you just, like, find a passion for this, or was it just that people started asking you, and you're like, oh, I can actually teach this really well? Literally the second piece, Colton. So what happened was... When I was wrapping up my case competition journey, so to speak, I was kind of retiring from the sports, very early retirement, because <laughs> you, you can't do it after you graduate from university. So when I, this is 22 at the time, so I'm 26 now, so this was actually not that long ago, probably four or five years ago. I had landed my dream job. I'd gotten what I wanted, great starting salary, I was going to use it to, to get rid of all my family debt, great job at IBM, lined up, and I worked there for a few years, and it was great, loved it. But I was missing fulfillment, man. Like, I was making really good money, but I was working like a dog, like 70 hours a week, 80 hours a week. But I wasn't doing things that were advancing society. Like, when I was doing these case competitions, sure, I wasn't making any money, but I was coaching you and other people and just helping you to speak. And somebody told me that a couple of things. The, the first thought that somebody asked me was, how did you learn how to speak? And I looked at him and I said, what do you mean? They said, well, did you hire a coach? Did you watch YouTube videos? I said, there's YouTube videos on communication? They said, yeah, go watch them. So I started watching them, and that's when I noticed I had something to say because all of them sucked. So I started making <laughs> videos out of frustration. No, I think that's awesome because you just look at them and you're like, man, these are terrible. <laughs> Literally. I mean, it's, Literally. it's so interesting because I've had quite a few guests who come on and they're like, yeah, I had this great job where I was making six figures and I hated everything I was doing. They're like, it just didn't like, didn't make me happy. So I gave all of that up and started working from scratch at the brokest I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely happened to me as well. The only difference, which is, I guess, a bit more unique to me, but I, I liked my job. I think that's the only difference. I really liked the team, you know, IBM became a client, like it all worked out. But I think for me, it wasn't more that I hated the job. It was more like I could see myself working there for 20 years. I think it was more about my whole life, Colton. I'd always valued money more than time because I had very little money. But when I started making money, I realized that time is actually more valuable than money because you can't buy your 20s back. It doesn't matter how much money you got. So then I started asking myself and when I was leading teamwork uh, with clients and stuff when I was working – I said, is there a better use of my time? Am I better off spending this hour in some meeting with a bunch of executives at this company? Which I still do, but it's more coaching, so it's more fun. Or can I spend an hour talking to Colton and hopefully impacting whoever's listening to this episode? And I just felt it was a better use of my time. Dad, hopefully I'm not wasting your time. because that's Not at all. That's not very at all. important. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. I'd rather spend it with you. Than with than at work, right? Because like, because when I was thinking about IBM, that's the analogy I was driving. Not really coaching clients. That's super. That's another thing. But more in the sense of like, I would sit sometimes when I was working at IBM, Colton, and it could be any tech company. It doesn't matter. On the seven hour like technology implementation, I was like, oh my god, 
Like, because I'm not impacting anybody's life. Whereas if I took one of those hours and I just did an interview with you, maybe there's 20,000 people listening to this. Maybe there's 20. doesn't even matter. But it's like that that means a lot more to me because at least we're going to impact some people together. Even if it's three people, it doesn't matter. That's just a better use of our time than being in some – I mean somebody else could do that job. I don't need to do that. So that's what I realized. Uh, I should be doing this. Yeah, I love it. So what's like, what's the basic entry level thing you have to know if you're going to start presenting in front of people? Absolutely. So before we get into the tactics, let's jump on a mindset piece that I think is missed in communication, Colton, which is very simple. When was the last time we dreamed about it? And the answer for a lot of us is never, because we think of communication like a chore, like doing the dishes. So when we think of communication, we're like, oh my God, like I don't want to do this. Whereas for me, the perspective has always been, we dream about our business. We dream about our careers. We dream about our podcast, like the, the host you know, that you are. Oh, I can make the show bigger and help more people. We dream about vacations, expensive watches, cars. But we don't dream about our communication skills. That's why the first question I always ask people is how would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? And if we spend some time just to reflect on that, we don't have the perfect answer, but it'll create motivation to even work on it in the first place. So I'd start there. Yeah, something that really like drives you forward and gets you gets you going cuz otherwise it's hard to learn something if you really don't care all that much. You're like, "Oh, it would be good to be a good communicator. I guess I'll try and take some classes." Like that that blase attitude's not going to get you very far. I completely agree. Right? It's just and that's true with anything. Like, why did you start your podcast? Because you really had an excitement for, oh, like I'm really interested, I can meet new people, learn new ideas, teach some concepts to my local community, the people around me. And that's motivation. In the same way, by the way, I was motivated to start my YouTube channel. And even though I was scared, I didn't want to do it. I was a kid when I started my channel. <laughs> my nearest uh, you know, competitor, quote unquote, is like 15 years older than I am. So yeah, I had a lot of insecurity around it, but I was super motivated to share that content in the same way I'm sure you were as well. Yeah, and I assume like me, you kind of had to jump into this, uh, this like editing and you know program field where you're like, I don't know how any of these programs work, but I guess I got to figure it out now. I'm actually a lot worse than you, Colton. Which is, I'd even bother with that. I'd even bother trying to edit it. I'd literally just the first year of my channel, I literally just took videos, one shot at it with my phone in my mom's basement, which is like right over there on that couch. <laughs> and then that's it. And I would just post it. I didn't even edit anything. And then I just saved up money from my, my high, my paying job. And that's when I invested. I just went straight pro. There you go. That's the way to do it, right? Yeah. That's, that's why I stayed with my mom. Cause if I'd left, I would be spending, you know, 1500 bucks a month on rent. I was like, well, why don't I just stay home and use that 1500 and just hire a video person? Yeah. It kind of goes into like how much, time are you paying for this endeavor right you're like okay i could either stay at work stay at home make and save my money or i could burn my time and energy trying to pay for a place that i don't necessarily need agreed all right so is there other mindset stuff or we can we jump into the basic yeah we can jump into the basic now so so now let's get into the the basics, which is communication is like juggling eighteen balls at the same time Colton. so one of those balls is smiling, one of those facial expressions, one of those body language storytelling, all that stuff, and it gets really confusing really fast 
So for me, the question has always been, what are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we can juggle those three balls, life will be easy. And I'll pause after each one so I'm not monologuing for 15 minutes here. Go for so, it. Right? So the first ball is the random word exercise. Pick a random word like screen, like calendar, master, trophy, light bulb, and create random presentations out of thin air. And the reason this is so effective, Colton, is for two main reasons. One, it helps you think on your feet because you have to invent it. But the second reason that I teach people is if you can make sense out of nonsense, you can make sense out of anything. So if you can talk about avocados, you can talk about your work. You can talk about your podcast just fine because you know that stuff a lot better. So that's the first exercise. Do that a few times a day every day. Yeah, I think that's good because, again, so many people I think get lost in the like, well, how much improv do I need to, to get through this kind of a skill set? And you're like, well... I mean, just be able to talk cleanly and forward. I completely agree. And and what it does is it removes our anxiety. Because a lot of us have anxiety in, in presentations we're preparing for. And in podcast interviews we're preparing for. So if you just learn how to deal with 100% uncertainty, well, if you're certain of some things, you'll be a lot more comfortable in those environments. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so what's next? What's next? Number two, the question drill. We get asked questions all the time in our life, Colton. At work, at school, in our daily lives, on a podcast, we get bombarded by all these questions. Most of us, though, are reactive to those questions. We're not proactive, meaning we wait for the question to come up, and then we go, uh, and we answer. I'm guilty as charged. A few years ago, when I started guesting on podcast, I sucked. I remember some guy asked me, hey, Brennan, where does the fear of communication come from? And I looked at the guy and I said, uh, I don't know, dude, Los Angeles, uh, maybe Atlanta. I don't know. So I didn't know because I was reactive. Yeah. I didn't prepare for it. So how do we fix that? The way that we fix that, Colton, it's really simple. Every single day, five minutes, that's all I ask. Take that five minutes and answer one question you think the world will ask you about your expertise, about the world, about your products, your services, or an interview for a guest as well, if you're guessing other people's podcasts, those questions. And if you do once a day for a year, you'll have answered 365 questions about your expertise and you'll be bulletproof. Yeah. I mean, I think it, it adds up, right? Because most people are not thinking about like the sheer volume. They're like, oh, it's one a day. What's that doing for me? And then you're like, well, it's nearly 400 of them every year. And if you do it for more than one year, like you're going to start getting pretty close to four digits. So a lot. <laughs> it's going to do a lot for you. Absolutely. And there's another way to do this as well if you want to speed up your learning. I just never share it because it's it's a little bit intimidating for people, but I will, which is you, you lock yourself in a room for four hours and you just do 50 of them in a day. Oh, yeah, that is a far more aggressive version. <laughs> so you'll be done in like 10 days, but instead of doing it a year. But I feel the one I suggested earlier was more. That's what I do because I'm more intense. I'm the coach, right? But I'm the crazy guy running the, the master talk stuff. But I would say for most of us, one question a day will definitely keep the doctor away. Yeah, it, it kind of separates the, you know, what do you need to be a good presenter or a good speaker or a good guest on a show 
against like what's it take to be in the top one percent exactly exactly and you actually brought up an excellent point colton which is that key piece that top one percent category it's all about doing the small things consistently not the big things so when we think about the random word exercise the question we need to ask ourselves is how many people listening to the podcast are even willing to try it once even once it's really small Maybe like a 3%, 5%, 10%. What about 10 times? Now the number gets really, really small. Maybe 3%, maybe 2%. What about 100 times, Colton? Who's listening to this podcast who's willing to do the random word exercise 100 times? Now we're talking 0.01.1. And then if I say 1,000 times, it's probably only one person. And that person is crazy old me who's willing to do it that many times. And that's really the key. It's not really about doing it well. It's just, wait wait a second. It's actually not hard to catch up to Brendan. Because if he's done it a thousand times or two thousand times or anything, that seems like a big number. But if you do it five times a day, Colton, for five minutes, for a year, you'll have done it 1,800 times. It's just most people aren't willing to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of this old adage, right? Where it's like showing up to the race is 90% of the, the effort. Where it's like, you're going to beat almost everyone just by starting to do something. Because most people don't even show up. Like this podcast, I waited for years for somebody to be like, okay, put out this format. And then no one did. I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do it. And then I get invited to go speak on panels because they're like, wow, look at this thing you made. And I'm like, all right. Literally the same thing with me. Copy paste with Master Talk. I mean, think about it. I mean, my mom's couch in a basement i don't have any money i'm a 22 year old kid and everyone else is making utilities a phd or master's degree in in communication it was just a thing i was just like oh well i don't think those old guys are going to relate to the 15 year old girl who wants to learn how to speak so i probably should create content right and then look at where it landed both of us so so i think that's a that's the key it's having a bias for action and, and seeing what life brings you yeah absolutely all right, so what's the third ball we got to juggle? Absolutely. So no, ball number three is so simple, Colton, that nobody does it. Make a list of the three people you love the most in your life and ask ourselves a simple question. When was the last time we sent them a 20-second, not a 20-minute, not a 20-hour, a 20-second video message to just say how much we appreciate having them in our life? And the answer for almost all of us listening to this is a big, fat, Zero. So I'd encourage all of you to start. You know, I get this question all the time, Colton. Should I post on social media? How should I post on social media? Why should I post on social media? Don't even worry about social media. Are you sending video messages to people that you love? And I would start there. Because that teaches us a very valuable lesson. And it has very little to do with communication. And the lesson is, it allows us to realize that communication itself is a tool for impact. It's not a chore. Because when you send that video message to your distant cousin in Wisconsin that you never talk to because you guys live in different places and then he messages you back and says, wow, this really means a lot to me. I've been really feeling down this week and this video message pumped me up. Even if you made a 10,000 mistakes in it, you realize that you're doing something right with your life. Yeah, you have an audience already, no matter how big your social media following might be. And it's just the people that you care about and care about you. Exactly. I like that because, you know, every once in a while I get this this thing where I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to somebody. I'll send them a quick text. 
And sometimes I do get that response where they're like, oh man, it's been really rough lately. It's great to hear from you. But yeah, how many times have I sent like a real video that just says like, hey, thanks for being there. I care. Never. Like I've never done that. Yet. Yet. (laughs) I know I'm going to get off this call and do it. There you go. (laughs) Just pick someone easy. It doesn't have to be someone that you haven't talked to in three years. Just somebody you always talk to is super open-minded and we'll go like, oh, just start there. That's what yeah. All the people that I know, they're going to be like, you're kind of weird, but I like that. I like that, yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, those are pretty easy. Like, those are things really anyone can manage because you don't have to put a lot of work into, like, dreaming about being good at something. And you already know these people that you care about. And you can ask yourself questions. So, like, that's really simple stuff to just like get us rolling on a, a ball forward. Absolutely, Colton. I'm glad I'm glad I I appreciate the feedback as well cuz I have a lot of stuff we could talk about, but I felt ordering it in that sequence makes it so much easier for people cuz I felt the biggest challenge with communication is a lot of people don't know where to start. It's like what's the starting point? Like do do I give a speech? Like do I do this? So so I feel these instructions make it make make communication excuse free. Where you look at your the tips and say, okay, well, if I'm not doing this, I shouldn't move on to ball number four or ball number five. Which is ball number four, by the way. Ball number four is the best way to speak is to speak. Which is, if you're not booking 50 minutes in your calendar every single day, to do the random word exercise, to do the question drills, and to send video messages, why should we move on to ball number five? It's not going to help people. And that's really the key, is really to just get started. You don't need to hire a coach if you can't afford it, but you can definitely book 15 minutes because you already spent 24 of them listening to this podcast. Right. I mean, is it one of those where you could... Just give yourself like a forced exercise where you're like, hey, I'm going to post this video talking about a thing I enjoy on YouTube and I have to have it done by the 15th of next month. And then you're like, okay, well, I have to get better at it because I have a hard deadline now. Does that help people? I like that. I like that idea a lot, Colton. Especially for people who want to post on social, I would definitely give that advice. I think to make it easier, though, pick one person in your network that is interested, like, for example, let's say all of you listening to this, which I encourage you to do, share it with a friend, share this episode with somebody in your network. And let's say somebody else says, hey, I like this random word exercise. The best way to stay accountable, Colton, 15-minute daily calls or 30-minute weekly calls with that one person that's interested and you both get on a Zoom call and you just do this with each other. So let's say me and you are on the same call, I'd I'd give you a random word then you would do it, I'd give you feedback, then you give me one, and then we just do a back and forth and have fun with it. That's the best way to do it. It's really just to to just push yourself to do it. The best way to do that is to have Zoom calls with people. Yeah, I mean, it's a person literally holding you accountable because if you show up unprepared and you're not doing your exercises, they're going to know. They're going to be looking you in the eyes like, boy, you haven't been practicing, huh? <laughs> you got it. I like it. If you go to do some of these, like... How important is it to pre-plan everything out? Because I'm one of those people that is like meticulous about when I'm doing a project where I'm like, all right, I did all 692 steps that I had planned and now I have to execute them flawlessly in order. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say the answer is 
It depends. So if you have a big presentation coming up, yeah, you want to prepare more and get more thoughts together. But if we're just practicing to get better, all three of the exercises suggested, that's why they're, I call them my easy threes, require this much prep, which is zero. Video messages, we only have one rule, which is you're not allowed to retake the video. So it solves that problem for you. You open it, that's what it is, that's what comes out, that's what you send. Done. That's one. For the question drill, you don't really need to overthink that too much because it's just a question. And if you want to speed this up, especially like in your, let's say I was coaching you, I would just have you listen to a past interview of you being the guest and make a list of all the questions people ask you. Why'd you start this podcast? Like in the panels, right? That you're doing yeah. and make a list. And that's your question every day. That's it. Brand new question. You're done. You don't have to even create these questions. Other people have done the work for you. You just list them out. And that's numbered, so that's easy. And then random word exercise, just do it in the shower. Shampoo, soap. If you got kids or nieces or nephews, then you could do it with them. Super simple. Yeah, I like that. Because when I started, it, you know, again, I was using like what I always did. I tried to super prepare for every interview. And it became so rigid that I had a hard time transitioning from one thing to another. Because I'm like, okay, how do I get them from the story they just told me into whatever literal like sentence that I had typed out and I had to just stop doing it because <laughs> so I'm like man if I do this I will never like it'll sound choppy it'll be unorganized people are going to wonder like if I'm paying attention to the guest at all things like that and so it's good to just be like you don't have to prepare like that just be mm. you know a prepared speaker absolutely right it's it's what comes over time and there's another piece as well that we can talk about in Ball 5. We probably won't go all 18 today. It's probably too overwhelming for folks. But <laughs> but that actually plays into to what you said, which is a strategy I teach called the Jigsaw Puzzle Method. So a lot of us, we've played puzzles as kids. Remember those things, those pieces we put together. So if I ask you, Colton, or it's an easy question. If you were working on a puzzle, which pieces would you start with first and why? The edge pieces, because I don't have to line up all four edges. <laughs> That's it. Correct. You get the frame together, you're working in the middle. So why am I bringing that up? Because unfortunately in presentations, we do the opposite. We shove a bunch of content in our presentations. Then when we get to the presentation, we ramble throughout the whole thing. And then the last slide sounds something like this. Uh, yeah, so, uh, thanks. Not the right approach. So instead what you want to do, Colton, is you want to start with the edges first, like a jigsaw puzzle. Do the introduction 25 times. 25 times seems like a big number, Colton, but that's 25 minutes. Same thing with the close. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? Last time I checked, terrible movie. Same thing with the close, 25 minutes, and then tackle the middle. You're literally just like building it kind of backwards, I mean, from what we usually think of. Is you're like, hey, what are you trying to get at? Okay, now how are you getting there? Instead of like, what do you want to say? Like, what what what's your first words out of your mouth? <laughs> exactly. Because, I mean, so many people do that. Is they're like, I got to have a catchy hook. If I don't have a catchy hook, no one's ever going to pay attention. And it's like, yeah, but if you have a catchy hook and then you say nothing of importance for 10 minutes, like, no one really cares about your hook. Exactly. So what about like, I know whenever I see people talking about high level presentation, they're like, you have to master the, the absolute skill of the pause. 
Absolutely. So pausing is really important. It's the most important technique in presentations. It's just harder for implement people to practice consistent because like, what do you do? Do you just pause every two seconds? So, but the point is, why do we need to pause? The reason we need to pause is because it helps us draw emphasis to the points of our message that are the most important. So for example, if I pause here, I'm hinting at my audience that what I'm about to say really, really matters, even if it might not. But it draws emphasis to that point. So the, the, the point is, the way, the way you practice this is by simply implementing a strategy I call the endless gaze. So the endless gaze is where you sit down with somebody that you love and you stare at them for three minutes without saying a word. It's a very difficult exercise to implement, so that's not a ball six, it's more like a ball 15. But if you, if you do that, what happens is you get really comfortable pausing and you're going to be much better at it when you're presenting in general. Yeah, because you're like, I have embraced the uncomfortable silence and now I don't care. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I mean, I think that's all great because it seems really hard to implement. Because a lot of people want to just like talk, 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 done with my point, don't have to talk anymore. And you're like, yeah, but where am I supposed to like pay attention? Do I ask myself a question in there somewhere? Or was I just supposed to like stop and listen nonstop and hopefully take notes? Mm, well said. I completely agree. Yeah. And I guess that's another one is like how often when you're presenting something, are you supposed to be asking questions to people? I would say the question should be outside of the presentation, either before or after. So let's say you're preparing something in advance. You want to go up to key people and ask them, hey, what would you change about this? This is my approach. But then also after when you get their feedback, hey, I just want to ask you some questions. How can I do better next time? How can I show up with more energy, more enthusiasm? And then those questions really help you readjust and rejig the presentation for the next time. When you're during, I would say you might want to ask one or two to just pull them in. So I do that with my, how would your life change if you're an exceptional communicator? But I don't overuse it. I don't ask them like 25,000 different questions or else they just go, whoa, too much reflection work for one day. So I just have them do one or two. <laughs> you're like, I've burned them out before I got to the end. <laughs> exactly. Awesome. So what are some big like, mistake points you see when people are trying to communicate like what are the most obvious where you're like you might not see yourself doing this but you're definitely doing it yeah there's definitely a lot of them that come to mind but i would say the the one that sticks out to me is lack of consistency in the practice so a lot of people what they're doing right now and this is the big, biggest mistake is they're writing down all these cool exercises. Oh, Colton, you brought this Brendan guy on and he talked about the random word exercise, the video messages, question drills. This is life-changing. And then they don't do any of them. They don't send any video messages. Because the best way to speak, team, is to speak, right? You actually got to talk. You can't listen to me and Colton talk all day. If you want to get better, you actually have to do that. And that's how we get better. So I think the biggest challenge by far is lack of consistency. The second one is lack of motivation. So how do we create a motivation that is so great that we push through any fear and anxiety we might have around communication? That's the second biggest challenge. And I would say the third one, and there's so many I could choose from, but if I had to pick the third piece in terms of mistakes for your communication skills, 
I would probably say vision or facial expressions. So like basic technique like filler words or projection or on the vision side, like where do you want to take your communication skills in the next few years? A lot of people don't really think about that at all. Yeah, I do agree on that because, you know, people just kind of try and get through things, right? Like, oh, if I just get through this or if I list out six million other things, like that's the other one that got me is you're like, oh, they take down all these notes or they, they grab these practices and they're like, oh, they're great. Even if they do do them, some of us, I'm guilty, will grab like 600 things that they need to do. And I'm like, I'm going to do all of them. <laughs> it's a shortcut I, to not doing any of them exactly i completely agree with what you said because that's where i get anything i try and do is i'm like all right well then let's do the best version of it like i'm gonna lock myself in a room and ask myself 50 questions and it's like well i'm gonna find an excuse later to not do that because i didn't even do the entry level exercise right that's why the accountability is so important so when you're doing it with the friend, you don't really have a choice anymore, and that's what makes it fun. And that's how I learned, frankly, Colton. All the exercises I'm teaching, the reason I'm so good at them is because I messed up all of them. Because <laughs> I, I made all the mistakes. So because of that, it's a lot easier for me to take those that knowledge and apply it. Yeah, and I think everyone kind of looks at these, especially in communication, because there are so many things you can do wrong. That they're like, well, the entire path is just pitfall traps. And I don't know if I want to start running down this pathway because I know I'm going to trip on everything. Exactly. But you have to kind of like embrace the suck, right? Things are going to be bad. You're going to be bad at it because that's just how most people start. There's going to be, you know, a handful of exceptional people that just nail it on their first go for whatever reason. And then there's going to be the rest of us. And I'm definitely one of those people. In, in the rest of us. That's why I'm so passionate about this. Because anyone can be a great speaker. It's just a matter of hard work. You know, Kevin Durant says it best, Colton, which is hard work beats talent when talent fails to work hard. So for me, when I think about the random word exercise, that's why I love starting with that. Literally, if you want one takeaway from this podcast or anyone listening, don't even do the question drill of the video message. Are you willing to do the random word exercise 100 times? That's the biggest piece. Because if you do it a hundred times, which only takes you a hundred minutes, it's not like a seven-day exercise. If you do it five minutes a day, actually, well, it's a three-week exercise if you do it five minutes a day, where if you just do it every day five times, in three weeks, you'll have done a hundred times. Like, you're done. And you'll be so much better than where you started. And that gap, that delta of seeing yourself improve really quickly at one small thing will give you encouragement for everything else. Yeah, and suddenly you have the ability to kind of help others, which for me, like, drives huge motivation forward. If I can see myself improve and then I see other people make the same mistake I did, I'm like, I know how to help you. Absolutely. Paying it forward. I completely agree. That's why I would say leadership is about empowering and teaching other people. You don't need to be an expert team to go up to somebody in your house and say, hey, let's play the random word exercise. You don't need me or Colton to be there. You just do it. <laughs> just do the exercise. Yeah, I think these are all awesome tips. Um, anything else you wanted to share right up as far as communication goes? I would say for communication, we're, we're pretty wrapped up. I would say the only thing I'd leave the audience with is don't forget about the question. How would your life change if you were an exceptional communicator? Really think about that question. Because a lot of us, when we hear it, we go, oh, that's cute. That's cool. 
and then we don't answer it. Whereas for me, it's like if you spend that time, what you'll realize is, hmm, there's probably something important here. Because communication is not just about getting the extra sale in our business. It's not just about getting the next job promotion or making more money at work. It's the way we talk to our families, Colton. It's the way that we make friends. It's the way that we raise our children. It's the way that we lead a more fulfilling life. And when we realize that, then we'll push communication a lot more. Yeah. It's the kind of question that I could see, like, write it on your mirror. And then when you see it every day, ask yourself that question. Eventually, you're going to realize how important it is to you. That's commitment. I love that. All right. Well, this has been awesome. And thank you so much for coming on the show. I was hoping you could kind of, you know, tell people where to find you and the things you do and obviously the YouTube channel. Absolutely, Colton. Thanks so much for having me. This is super fun. So two ways to keep in touch. The first one is the YouTube channel. Absolutely. So you just go to Master Talk and you'll have access to hundreds of free videos on how to speak. And the second way to keep in touch is a free communication workshop I deliver over Zoom every two weeks. So if you want to jump in on that, go to rockstarcommunicator.com. Awesome. And if people go to the YouTube channel, a couple things. Like, number one, if you really enjoy it, subscribe. That's a big help. But also, if you just watch one video and you like the video, hit the like button and then leave a comment that says, I like this video. Because even if it's not like super engaging comments, it does help the creator as well to like boost up the chain and get even more visibility. And then more people learn to be better communicators. Absolutely. I appreciate that, Colton. Yeah. Thank you so much again for having you on. I've, I've appreciated it immensely. Likewise. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Just Dumb Enough podcast. If you've made it to the end and you want to send that 20 second message, but you don't know who to share it with without judgment, send it to me through the show email or on any of the social medias. Please also take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. You can do your part to help the show grow by telling other people that you enjoy it. That's it. That's all you have to do. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. To reach out to me, email dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com or send a message to any of the show pages on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever else you find the show. The November rankings have begun. Number one, the United States, with Wisconsin, Georgia, and New York as the top states. Number two, the United Kingdom. Number three, Egypt. Welcome to the top five. Number four, Australia, with Victoria beating out its neighbors. And number five, Ireland, bumping Sweden and Canada straight off the list. That's all for now. I'll see you all Thursday to find out why we might need life coaches for children. Bye bye <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>